got a, I got a spider here. Give me one second. Yeah, go ahead and kill that bitch. I gotta, I gotta get it. Keep watching it crawl around on my shelf. Die, bitch. Ah, escaped! Ah! Oh, where'd you go? Oh no, it's, it's free. I'm gonna die. Oh no, you're gonna die. I'm gonna die. All right, fucking episode one hundred eight. Oh yeah, are oh. you missing? Are you missing Minnesota? So you're bringing it into the into the accent today? I mean, I'm missing it quite. I'm missing it a lot of bit. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot, a little bit, a lot, a lot, a lot, a little bit, a lot. What's up, dudes? It's episode one hundred eight. I'm Christina. That bitch over there is Amanda. Um, we're re-recording this because we recorded it like a month and a half ago, and uh, I didn't save it. Hence, our larger than two week break, like we were planning, because we couldn't find it, and there it was. We just had to re-record when we were able to, and here we are. So, in the time that we've been gone, I moved to Ohio. She did fucking bro, Ohio. I visited Ohio and spent like a thousand dollars on food <laughs> and beer, it's and true. it was delicious. We was ate wonderful. like kings. We did. Went to the pool. Mm-hmm. At a party? No, we didn't. I mean, I mean, we, we were partying. <laughs> I drank a clear margarita, got hammered, and my mom had to come pick us up at the restaurant. Yeah, that was pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, <laughs> not a margarita, a half a margarita. It's true. I had a half a margarita, but it came out clear, so you know the bitch was. She was. She was hefty with the tequila. Hmm. But it's been good life, you know, and then just work, 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 work. All I do is work, 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 work. Yesterday was the fourth. Twas. So uh, happy. What is it going to be? The eighth. Happy July 8th, guys. Hope you had a good fourth (laughs) or seventh, maybe. It's the Um, fifth. So seventh. It's seventh. Math is hard. It is. It is. It is. Happy seventh, guys. (laughs) Seven seven. <laughs> okay. So how are you? What did you do? That's what all. That's all I did. I work in uh, my brother's basement, and I don't have a life right now. So that's all it is. So Chris and I switched my office to where our bedroom was, and switched the bedroom downstairs because it's cooler downstairs. Nice. And I'm a baby. I'm like I'm a hot sleeper. It's just too warm to sleep. <laughs> Why don't you turn the air conditioning on? the air conditioning is on it's just when we bought the house it was told to us that the air conditioning was a bit too small for the house and so it was one of those things like do you want to uh ask for that to be changed or get some money for that or take some money off and we kind of because the market was as crazy as it is now at that time um we kind of just were like no it's fine we'll figure it out when the time comes and it's not terrible but Mm -hmm. When you close the door, it gets a little warm yeah. to like go to sleep. So we just moved downstairs because it's generally cooler down there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was exciting, which is why Christina can see you guys can't that my shelves are pretty well empty because I'm still putting Moving. things away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mostly just in totes like right here. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, and it's been pretty nice so far. And I'm just concerned about when people are up and moving and I'm up here trying to record with you or on a meeting or whatever yeah. but 
it is it'll be fine and I told him if we don't like it it wasn't like the biggest deal to move everything Mm -hmm. it's just like pack up two rooms and switch them yeah it's no different like when I'm working and I hear Tessa upstairs have like a fucking temper tantrum she's screaming bloody murder it sounds like we're beating children and I'm like on the phone I'm like thank you for calling this it's Christina ignore the child being abused in the background <laughs> it's just her throwing a tantrum we're not actually beating her to death like it sounds it's just her being mad she's just mad she has a lot of feelings um hey <laughs> should I tell a story or like nah like if you got one that'd be great I mean am I gonna you. hear if I get to hear the same one since they're re-recording I mean, we can. Do you remember which one it was? No, I don't even remember my stories. The one that I researched last week? No idea. The one <laughs> that I told? I don't know. I'll You'll probably remember this as I go into it because it's kind of a, oh yeah, that's fucked up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. For Margareta Peter. Okay. Okay. So she, that's that's her name. Margareta oh. Peter. Okay. Well, it's M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-T-A, Margareta. That's what I would guess. Margareta Peter. Okay. She was born in 1794 on Christmas Day. Oh, is, okay. Boom. Boom. Remember. Remember. So she was the youngest of five daughters and born to John Peter and his wife, who died shortly after Margareta's birth. Uh, But she did grow up in a loving and caring home. She was raised in the Zwinglian Protestant faith, along with the rest of her family. But Mar- Margareta showed remarkable religious, like, proclivity, I guess. Like, she was very, like, gung-ho about religion from, like, early childhood. She was all about it. Yeah, even her, ch- her pastor was very impressed. Um, so the Zwinglian Protestant faith means that both the church and the state are placed under the sovereign rule of God. So Christians are obliged to obey the government, but civil civil disobedience was allowed and even encouraged oh. if authorities acted against the will of God. Okay. So by age six, she was preaching. She was preaching to the church as a six-year-old with sermons that cap- captivated the congregation. Um, she revealed a better grasp of the Bible that many grown ministers didn't have. Uh, she had a strong personality and spiritually dominated her family and neighbors and basically turned them into disciples. Okay. Getting a little culty in here, Drake. Getting just a, just a little culty. Kind of <laughs> reminds me of the the uh, pastor from The Last Exorcism, how he started as an yeah. exorcist as a child because he just had that ch- charisma. Yes. To capture audiences. Now I want to watch that movie. Um, around the age of 20, her mother's brother invited her to live with him in the nearby town of Rodolfingen and acted, this was in Switzerland, I believe. Okay. Um, and acted as his housekeeper. During this time, she was introduced to a pietist religion community or religious community and began to attend their services. The pietists were an extremely fundamental Lutheran sect that were spreading across many parts of Europe. And the exposure to this religion caused a radical change in Margareta's personality, something even her siblings found very disturbing. Okay. When asked why the normally happy girl was so, like, reserved and, like, un, like, quiet, I guess, she replied that- Stoic. Yes, that God was revealing himself to her and making her more aware of her own sinful nature. Uh when I read through this, 
it makes me feel like as someone who was super religious, she was almost, it was like she was sexually assaulted or something. Right. Like something happened that she yes, put on herself because of right the um, beliefs she had in sinful nature. Right. Uh, but that was just the beginning. So by 1817, she had left her uncle's home, returned to her father's home and established herself as a revivalist to preach the word of God. She announced that she was a prophetess and established a small congregation in her village while living in her father's home. Okay. Uh, at her father's home, she met the three new servants who had been hired while she was away, Heinrich Ernst, Ursula Kundig, and Margareta Jagley, who huh. soon became her first disciples. Twins! <laughs> Margareta. <laughs> oh, no, it's Margaret. Sorry. Oh. Margaret. God, you confused me. <laughs> so... Margaret suffered from epileptic seizures that she hoped would be cured by Margareta's prayers. Heinrich was just basically blindly loyal to the Peter family because they gave him a job and a place to live. Fair. And Ursula um, had like basically asked Margareta to be her spiritual guide through life and eternity. Real well. fucking intense. Well. <laughs> so her father's household was soon filled with religious people from around the area all of whom gathered to hear her sermons. Uh, and after a while, she began to like wander and travel and preach like around Switzerland, uh, gaining a reputation. Uh, though she went alone at times, she often took either her devoted sister Elizabeth or Ursula with her as like a disciple. Okay. Despite being the youngest child, Margaret had a forceful personality. It allowed her to dominate all of her older siblings. Even the two sisters who managed to get married still deferred to her religious opinions and moral teachings while her unmarried sisters became disciples in every way that mattered. So basically, okay. like, they didn't get married without her sis their younger sister's right. approval. Hmm. During her travels, she met a shoemaker named Jacob Morph. And despite him being married, she's, he was mesmerized by Margareta, and she quickly came to feel the same about him. I'm awake. I'm recording. Shut the door. Yes, yes, I'm alive, but also shh. <laughs> okay. During her travels, she met a shoemaker named Jacob Morph. Uh, despite being married, he seemed mesmerized by Margareta, and she quickly came to feel the same about him. Um, there is no, like, real proof that there was anything physical in their relationship. They were exchanging passionate letters, and I'm pretty sure they'd be fucking. They bone and shout. Right. She also announced to him that they would ascend to heaven together and would share one throne for all eternity. Bish, I want my own throne. Hot, sultry. <laughs> we're, sharing, <laughs> we're sharing a throne. Oh. What's up? You sitting on my lap, girl. <laughs> sitting on that dick. Okay. Um. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, uh, so in late 1822, police became alerted when Margareta and Elizabeth vanished without a trace. Okay. After months of searching, the two women just randomly turned up on their own on January 8th of 1823. Though Margareta was pale and visibly ill, she refused to say where she and her sister had been. And not long afterward, Jacob Morph turned up at the Peter house, apparently due to a message from Margareta that the two of them would soon be ascending to heaven together. Sexy. 
<laughs> so no one really knows what happened during that absence. Uh, but Margareta's behavior became more bizarre than ever. She began harping on Satan, warning her followers that he was all around them. Soon she was experiencing prophetic visions of demons taking over the world. Uh, she and Elizabeth confined themselves to a single room in the house where they read the Bible and prayed almost nonstop. She seemed obsessed with earning God's forgiveness for all of her life, for her life of sin. Not that she would share with anyone what those sins were. Mm -hmm. When not in her room praying, she would often come downstairs to meet with her followers and share her prophecies with them. Um, Jacob Morph would like come and go kind of because he still had his wife and a job in another town um uh, maybe that's the sin she kept asking forgiveness for but once more fucking bounced uh her religious obsession became like even stronger okay. especially as easter approached okay so she expressed beliefs that the devil would be coming to claim the souls of all humanity and that she alone stood in his way with that in mind, she ordered the house to be closed up completely with no worldly people being allowed to cross the threshold. That included the local pastor who tried to express his concern about what was happening. Okay, fair. Uh, then one evening, uh, Margaret, Margaret, the servant, reacted to hearing a loud pop from the fireplace and went into convulsion. So she had epilepsy probably. Yeah. Um, screaming that the devil had come for her she pleaded with margaretta margaretta and the others to pray and save her soul though uh, margaret soon recovered she continued to have seizures and the rest of the household began to have religious visions themselves uh, margaretta wrote to jacob morph to come to her aid on march 8 1823 when he finally arrived um, he came with two other believers as well mm. so This next part is based basically on the testimony of her family members and followers of Margareta's enthusiasm, her prayers and fasting. Okay. So she, they believed, she believed that something amazing was about to happen. Even if one or two of them were less convinced about her holy mission, they all seemed inclined, like they didn't seem inclined to disagree with her. And her prayers became more like zealous and enthusiastic i guess enthusiastic i feel like she's very fire and brimstoney yes she gathered her disciples and eventually said and reportedly said lo i see satan and his first born floating in the air they are dispersing their emissaries to all corners of the earth to summon their armies together oh so um personally i feel like maybe she's having a break <laughs> i see satan in the air just wait okay uh, so her sister elizabeth who is extremely susceptible and suggestible promptly announced that she saw them as well she then began to prophesize that the son of napoleon and the duke of reichstad would soon announce himself as the antichrist and that the final battle would begin well so then after making this prophecy, Margareta went into wild frenzy and began smashing furniture and attacking the walls with a hammer. It was at that point. Those fucking walls, you know, get them, yeah. get them. <laughs> it was at that point that the maid Margaret went into convulsions, which Margareta took as a divine sign. Um, Margareta's followers followed her instructions, which were 
she screamed, I see in the spirit of the old Napoleon gathering a mighty host and marching against me. The contest will be terrible. You must wrestle onto blood, go fly, fetch me axes, clubs, whatever you can find, bar the doors, curtain all the windows in the house, and close every shutter. Okay. So <laughs> the followers followed her instructions, gathered in her bedroom with all the tools they could find in the house. Some of them would report afterwards seeing divine visions themselves. She told everyone to start smashing everything in the room until she told them to stop, which they promptly did for the next three hours. Sounds exhausting. If any one of them slowed down due to exhaustion, Weird. Margareta told them that the per- told another person to strike him, cut him down, the old adversary, the archfiend, so they would hit other people if they slowed down. If they're not beating the shit out of the stuff in this room, you get them. Yes. Get them. All right. So due to the fucking noise of what was happening in this house, a large crowd had gathered outside the house being like, hey, what the fuck is going on? Right. What? Hey, what's happening? Um, the violence going on inside the house was so much that a part of the wall fell out. So then now you're like, it's like a dollhouse. You're just looking in through right? the crowd outside <laughs> is looking in at this dollhouse full of people just smashing a room with hammers. It's like a, it's like a little show for them. They're like, yes, oh, these guys, these guys are crazy. <laughs> so when the wall fell away, um, Margareta basically turned to the crowd and shouted that they were all enemies of God. Eventually the local police decided to investigate what was happening they broke into the house since no one would allow them inside uh why Margarita, just walk through the wall <laughs> i think it was upstairs oh. <laughs> um margaretta went into hysterics at seeing the police invading their sacred space uh and then they had to wrangle people everyone was detained in separate rooms of the house uh, but not separated it was like the men and the women were separated okay um Margareta continued to rouse them into religious fervor, the women, while the men slowly settled down. Uh, through the order, there was an order eventually passed down that Margareta and Elizabeth would be sent to an asylum, but they did not take them from the house that night. They just went, we're going to send her to the asylum, but not right now. That's like that, that guy that had the, uh, the exorcism, and they're like, the only demons that are left are Michael murder and, yeah. yeah, or murder and what? murder and violence oh yeah and i was like yeah perfect ones to leave for the night you know yeah all right the poem to the family dog and wife it's fine Uh. (laughs) um so some of the followers had left um the home most were still present when margareta assembled the remaining family family members in the upper rooms of the house after the police had left the tools used to destroy the room were still lying there, and Margareta began preaching the need for a final battle to defeat the Antichrist. When her brother Caspar came to the house at the request of the police, Margareta attacked him with the hammer. And finally, her father intervened and stopped her and then carried his injured son downstairs. And it was like, okay, this is, whoa. Whoa, whoa there, Margareta. So at this point, Margareta asked the ones still remaining if they were willing to die for salvation. Elizabeth promptly declared that she was and began beating herself with a hammer. But Margareta just said that she wasn't beating herself hard enough, so she struck her with the hammer herself. I, 
I don't know how anyone can beat themselves with a hammer. Mm -hmm. So the other disciples, apparently inspired by her example, promptly helped beat Elizabeth to death. Afterward, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm, afterward, other Margareta told the others, more blood must flow. I have pledged myself for the saving of many souls. I must die now. You must crucify me. You're just, you're asking for that, huh? Yes. Insisting that it is better that I should die than that of thousands of souls should perish. She struck herself in the head with a hammer and then ordered the others to gather wood and nails. Okay. So at this point, Heinrich, like, nope the fuck out. He was like, whoa. a little much for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just I'm gonna exit bounce. stage left and <laughs> let you do you, okay? Uh, but the others proceeded to nail Margareta's hands and feet to blocks of wood and then mounted her on the wall. Uh, awesome. She seemed completely immune to pain, even as she was being crucified, and insisted that she would raise herself and Elizabeth three days after her death. Only after ordering them to beat in her skull did she finally die. I, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. So caught up in this religious delusion that had led them to commit murder, the remaining followers then quietly went downstairs to dinner. A policeman came by and had Margaret's father sign a writ guaranteeing that they would all appear before the magistrate to commit her to the asylum. Um, nobody mentioned that Margareta and Elizabeth were dead upstairs and the policeman promptly left three days later with nobody outside the house being aware of what had happened. Ursula and Heinrich went upstairs because Heinrich came back, um, went upstairs to remove the nails from Margareta's body. And only after another two days of prayer did John Peter finally walk down into town and tell the pastor that two of his daughters were dead. Gross. After a two-day trial that began in December 3rd, 1823, most of the people who had been present when Margareta and Elizabeth died received prison sentences. Ursula Kundig received the longest sentence of 16 years, while the other received sentences ranging from eight years to only a few months. Uh, John Peter, father to both dead women, was sentenced to eight years in prison. And then as a way of keeping the Peter house from becoming a pilgrimage site, the judge also ordered it be leveled to the ground and that no house would ever be built on the site again. Yeah. Reasonable. I just... And that's my tale. What the fuck, dude? That's... I just... So... I wonder what happened. Like, do you think because she was so... um, religiously oriented and then maybe like you said maybe she was assaulted or raped or something and then that like mental break happened and so then it just became almost like a like flatulate like a flatulence type of thing where you flatulence is a fart okay well what is it called then when you whip yourself um flagellation flagellation it's the joke (laughs) Yeah, either way. Um, either way, do you think it was kind of like her own way of doing that, like punishing herself because she felt like she was to blame for all that? And so she, I don't know. Maybe, flatulate. yeah. That's funny. Flatulate. I mean, sometimes no, I, I get gassy when I get nervous. <laughs> I mean, always. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm right. I'm Flag- pretty sure you're right because it's very close to flatul- flatulence. I know that. Yeah, flogging or beating either as a religious discipline or for sexual gratification. <laughs> yes, flagellation. Or or both. 
<laughs> or flatulence, you know, either one. I get gassy it's, when I'm nervous. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. so it's fine. But yeah, that's what I think. I wonder if that's kind of what it was and it just kind of spiraled from there. Right. Like I, I don't know, but I read it and I was like, I'm sorry, she did what? With who? You've been where? With, With who? <laughs> uh interesting what an interesting one it's I always like those really old ones yeah those ones that like have some time on them even though a lot of times there's not a lot of detail on things but it's Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just so interesting people have always been fucking nuts I know it's it's not a new thing no we just see it more because you know there's cameras and shit to see it Mm mm-hmm so my story is about Susan Monica don't remember it (laughs) this is why we have to make sure that we haven't done the same ones before because we this was the last one we did and we still don't remember it (laughs) oh oh boy (laughs) i don't know him (laughs) i don't know him never heard of him (laughs) well let's find out together (laughs) let's find out together what this story is about all right so Susan Monica was born Stephen Butchanin in July of 1948. Uh, as Stephen, she was she served in the U.S. Navy and served in Vietnam. Um, after being honorably discharged from the military, she began living her life as Susan Monica. Okay. All right. We got that down. Now, Susan was an engineer by trade. Oh, I remember this now. <laughs> okay. Sorry, just all of a sudden had a light bulb. Uh, Susan was an engineer by trade and was a very hardworking and dedicated person in whatever she put her mind to. Um, She kind of did it all. She did physical labor and the brain work. Uh, She was quiet and reserved, but if you talk to her, everybody who had talked to her said she was very sweet. She just kind of came off as grumpy because she didn't talk very much, you know? Okay. Uh, Susan bought a lot of land in Wilmer, Wilmer, Oregon, 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 Oregon. Oregon. I mean, whenever I say it, I'm like, hey, I don't know. And that's where she started building a like farm from the ground up herself. Oh, just- I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I told you the moment you have it, it's going to, ha- oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the farm was very secluded and back in like a wooded area. So she like leveled it out and built on top of the leveled trees, basically. Okay. So she cleared the land, built a barn and got some pigs and chickens and she would sell the pigs as like organic meat. Okay. Um, so she also started a business called Queen Construction where she built iron gates and you know, it's like the kind, the kind of gates that are like in the front of a gated community or yeah. if you put up a fencing around your house, you get big, the like ornate. Big, big fancy schmancy gates. Yes. Yes. Um, and she would hand make them herself by welding them and cutting all the iron and everything herself. So that's pretty cool. And she was pretty mm-hmm. successful in that. Um, so this is, this was on an episode of Snapped. Okay. So be prepared. Um, And on there, she said that there were people that said that she had no running water or electricity on Snapped. 
But I also read that some people said that she did have water and she would use generators as her electricity. So she did have electricity in a sense. Okay. Um, and she would also use solar power. So she had like panels and generators and batteries and stuff that she would okay. work with. Um, she also didn't have a bathroom. That was for sure. And she would just use the woods. Ew, you shit in the woods? Just, I mean, like... At least build yourself an outhouse. If you can make yourself an ornate gate, you could make yourself an outhouse. Well, I don't know. Maybe she like dug herself a hole and put a put a board over it or something and then we'll pull it off what, to go. But that's what an outhouse is. It's just enclosed. You're not just shitting in the woods. I don't know, man. But I, <laughs> All right. Well, the next thing weird. I wrote is backwoods pooping. <laughs> Does a Susan shit in the woods? my susan no isn't her name susan her name is susan you just said like instead of does a does a bear shit in the woods i'm saying does (laughs) Does a susan shit in the woods my susan doesn't my you know my susan doesn't as far as i'm aware i don't even think we have woods to shit in susan what if you did what if your mom just (laughs) hey in an emergency i could totally see like being down like at the end of other end of the property and like just whatever but not like on a regular i know that would be so weird but this like is just i mean my bathroom now listen in an emergency i'll shit anywhere <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh yep you're doing it shit, shit in the in street, street. <laughs> <laughs> so when she went into town to get food and whatnot um people would also be afraid of her like i said she kind of came off as grumpy um and she was a big gruff woman she you know did the hard labor but she was super sweet she was also known in town as was a woman. she well that's how she was portrayed okay <laughs> um she was also known as someone in town who would help anybody who needed it so a lot of times she would put on craigslist for a um someone to come help around the the farm and the property and in order to help like she would pay them and they could live there so kind of bartering in a sense like you can live here if you help me and then you don't have to worry about paying for rent or whatever um because there's enough property for like a trailer to pull on right she would butcher the pigs herself uh she would deliver the meat to in person to the people who needed it and she also brought like donated meat to like uh elderly places with the elderly and stuff she would just like bring it and donate it okay um so she was kind of just known in the community as someone who was giving and willing to help as much as she was able to okay so she kind of lived in an the area like right off off of where the pigs were living mm-hmm. so she i don't know if it's like a room off of the barn or what but in 2013, she published a listing in Craigslist looking for someone to come help her build an actual house for herself. Okay. Uh, that's when Robert Haney replied to the offer and was hired. So Robert pulled his camper onto the property. And the deal was that Robert would get, um, would help and only pay half of, or get half of the pay and lived there for free for the rest of it. Okay. Um, so basically doing construction, farm work, pretty much anything that she needed done around mm-hmm. the property, he would help with as a handyman. Yeah. Um, so the last time Robert was seen was right around September of 2013. 
His family thought that something was wrong when he hadn't shown up by the time Christmas had come and gone. So he was kind of a, what it kind of sounds like is a lot of these, the people involved were into like drugs. And Mm so I don't, it never specifically says that, but they were kind of feral people that would like disappear for months at a time and then come back. But they thought it was weird because he would never miss a family holiday. Okay. Like no matter how much he'd disappear, he'd show up for something like for Christmas. Right. You know? Um, So they thought that was weird. So all of the kids went to the property where they knew Robert was staying and helping. And it, it was like right after new year. So like a week after Christmas and kind of see what was going on, see if he was there, ask him why he missed the family gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, when they got there, his trailer was on the property and they saw Susan. They asked her if they had seen him. And she basically just said that she hadn't seen him for months and has no idea what happened to him and that he needed to come get his dog and his property and get it off the land if she if he's not going to be helping, if he's just whatever. Right. So basically was like, well, you can take his stuff because he hasn't been here and I don't know where he is. Because mm-hmm. um, she had just been feeding the dog and it's been had been running around the property, I guess. Right. So they went to the camper and he obviously wasn't there because like Susan said, I don't know where he went. He hasn't been here. Um, one of the kids said that as they walked into the RV, the camper, whatever, it said different things throughout different articles that I read. Um that the hairs on the back of their neck stood up. Like they could just feel that something was weird. Something mm-hmm. was wrong. Um, all of the things, like all of their dad's stuff was still there. His wallet, his tools and his dog, he left behind, which they were like, he would never leave his dog behind. He wouldn't leave his tools behind because that's how he's always made a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you need your wallet to do anything these days. So right. like, that's weird. They filed a police report and the police were a bit apprehensive at first because like I said, Robert was like a bit of a drinker, kind of feral, Mm -hmm. disappeared on a regular basis. So they didn't necessarily think that he, anything happened. They think he just kind of got up and left. Um, That's kind of, like I said, that's also the reason the kids weren't concerned right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the the cops, (laughs) the cops. When the cops began, hello, dyslexia, how you doing? Um, When the cops began asking Susan what she knew about his disappearance and everything seemed to back up that he just left. Mm -hmm. Um, He also only used cash, so they couldn't really track his cards. And Susan was known to be like a good hardworking person in the community. So they didn't nest and didn't have like a violent history or anything. So they Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily think there was anything suspicious with her. Uh, But they found out that Robert had been using a food stamp card. So when they checked like the history on that, it shows that there was a transaction done in December. So then they went and they got footage from where the transaction was. Mm -hmm. And using that CCTV footage, it showed that Susan was using the food stamp card um and now they knew that susan was hiding something what it was they weren't sure but they dug a little bit deeper into things right so they got a warrant to search the property just 
and intended on arresting Susan for fraud for using Robert's uh, food stamp card. Mm -hmm. When they got there, there was like a horrific, like, so they, at the property, it stunk, okay? There were Mm -hmm. pigs. She was shitting in the woods. I assume it wasn't a very clean area. Right. And so when they actually got there, that the smell just like threw them off. Just a real punch in the face. Just real pugnant. Um, so what I'm guessing is when they talked to her the first time, pungent? they liked pungent, something that's, like that. That's yeah. what I was trying Pug- to say. I think pugnant something different. Repugnant. There we go. And pungent. Those are two different words that I was trying to mix together. <laughs> you know what? I do that all the time, obviously. <laughs> um, so I think they must have talked to her like in town or something before because it was specifically saying that when they went to serve the search warrant, they were like, holy shit, it stinks in here. Um, The smell of decay and feces and everything was just overwhelming. And there was trash everywhere. It was like an episode of Hoarders. Awesome. Um, One of the interviews that I saw from, it had to have been the daughter of Robert, Mm-hmm. was talking about how she goes it almost looked like she was bringing garbage in because there was just so much piled up like I do you know it grossed me out <laughs> uh the pigs and the chickens were everywhere they were not confined to one space they were kind of just roaming the property so they were crapping everywhere it reminds mm-hmm. me of Picton Robert Picton where they yes. just kind of like were in and out of the house they didn't kind of they kind of just owned the area Um, And Susan told them the same story that he hasn't been there for months. And then they showed her the warrant and she kind of just went, okay, go for it. Like walk around, do your thing, whatever. So then they were like, okay, well, we're not going to find anything because she was so just mellow about Mm it. Uh, So the search begins. Uh, There was a large hole on the one side of the property and it looked like maybe they were digging out a man-made pond or the foundation of the house or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when they were walking past this hole, one of the searchers uh, spotted a bone. Oh no. Uh, And it was a human bone. Apparently from the things that I read, they said it's really easy to tell the difference between a human bone and an animal bone. Mm -hmm. Um, Our joints are different. Yeah, it wasn't buried and it wasn't hiding at all. It was just sitting out. So they thought that was kind of insane. Mm -hmm. They they photographed it and had everyone look at it to make sure that everybody's like, yes, that's a human bone. We're not just jumping to conclusions. And they went to Susan and they asked if they could go downtown to the station and question her. And she agreed. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. Whatevs. Right. And that's what one of the things that they kept commenting on in all of the interviews and the articles that I read was how just like nonchalant she was about everything. Like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. Okay. Um, They asked her on record if she knew where Robert was. And she told them, no, I don't know. He went. Haven't seen him since September. Same old, same old. Right. Mm -hmm. Then they told her that they found a leg bone on her property. And all of a sudden she was like, shit and changed her story shit so she said one day she heard a ruckus from her pig pig pen and when she went to see what was going on there she saw a crowd of pigs that were just wild they were kind of like 
feeding frenzy. Yeah, a feeding frenzy. Um, when she got closer to see what they were feeding on, it was Robert. Robert what? was just. It was Robert. It was Robert. They were in the middle of ripping pigs him will, apart. Pigs will fuck you up, man. They'll eat anything. Yeah, they will. Um, they were eating him. Mm-hmm. They were. He was moaning and grunting. She said, like, so he was still alive. Oh. Um. So Susan went, and as they worded it in one of the articles. She went, it's so funny how all of a sudden I'm having these light bulb moments. Mm-hmm. She went and like she did with her, any other animal in her, in her uh, farm, went and got her gun and shot him in the head to put him out of his misery. Oh my God. Rather than shooting the pigs to stop them from. They were her pigs though. Yeah. Well, and that's what they were saying is it's like, they're like her family, her kids. Like if she's not. It's just, which is weird to me because she butchers them and eats them, whatnot. So, but either way, she shot him in the head. She then left him there for like three days. <gasps> and, and just let them continue to feed on him? Yep. Quote, finish having their fill with him, she said. Ew. Describing it, she said they were doing their thing Ugh. in an interview. Ugh. I just find that so disturbing. Like, they oh, were just- like- that's just what they do. No. She then went and got what was left of him. So some of the bones and whatnot and scooped them back into a black garbage bag. Then put them out with the other trash bags that were just on the property. She assumes that maybe a wild animal got a hold of the bag, pulled the bone out. And that's how the investigators found it, which is why it was just laying out without being buried by itself, whatever. Well, that's gross. Um, so she asked why, or they, she was asked why she didn't call authorities when that happened. And she said she just didn't want her pigs to be killed. So she just let this guy die. She didn't want the pigs to be killed. Um, roast out. I know. And it, it was said that the only time that Susan seemed upset at all during the interview was when she was talking about the possibility of her pigs being killed over this uh obviously the investigators were a bit shocked Mm -hmm. so they told her we're gonna search the property a little more in depth just so you know is there anything else that you need to tell us before we start searching that we're gonna find she then started crying and she said that on this part of the property by where the pond was dug up um, you'll find the remains of Stephen Delencio, Eno Delencino. Uh, so I guess this is her story. In 2012, she had a different ad on Craigslist. So it kind of seems like that's like her MO mm-hmm. is Craigslist. Uh, and to hire a handyman and hired the Stephen guy. He worked for her for a bit and then one night apparently got drunk and started to attack her when she shot him to defend herself she says mm-hmm. and he fell into the pig pen and then the pigs went at it and ate or, him too or she put him in the pig pen see and that's where i'm like was he just like standing on the side of the pig pen and that's where you shot him because it's the only way that he just fell in after you shot him right but whatever so again she left him for a few days as well and let them eat 
what they could of him and then gathered up what was left and buried it over by the pond area. Ew. Uh, they did find Stephen's body over there, just where she said it was. Mm-hmm. Stephen's daughter said he was a bit of a wanderer as well, which is why she never reported him missing because, quote, wanderer, that's what she called him. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he would disappear and show back up in a year or whatever. So she just never thought to even report him because he was probably just out and about yeah they asked susan again if that was all that they were going to find her response was well if i told you about the other 17 bodies i'll never get out of prison they think it was a joke because they never found anything else but like what kind of a joke is that that's not a hey that's not a joke see and she did a did that a few times throughout like the trial where she would say something and it's like you're not helping your situation you may not be being serious but this is kind of serious milady um good milady milady uh they id'd the bodies which both had gunshot wounds to the skull and susan's story changed a bit throughout the trial but the general idea was the same that Mm -hmm. it happened they ate him and then she just got rid of what was left so it was the first one was self-defense the second Mm -hmm. one was a mercy killing yes basically is what she's saying which self-defense shot in the head (gasps) she was in the army maybe she's a good shot well that i mean like people that are actually trained to have a gun one shot one kill man well and people that are trained to do like if you're going to shoot, if you have a gun, it's like shoot to kill is kind of the standard, which is not great, but it's kind of what it is. Um, so Susan claimed self-defense in the trial and changed her appearance immensely. She lost a bunch of weight. She was wearing a like pretty girly wig and looked very professional and also wore like a good amount of makeup. She just looked totally different because she was a super grizzled like farm woman and then Mm -hmm. she went to this like office she looked like an office assistant lady like she had like the little pant the little suit on and like nice hair and makeup on and Mm -hmm. lost like a bunch of weight it just was kind of kind of wild the like side by sides you wouldn't even think it was the same person weird um she was found guilty of the murders and was sentenced to life for both 50 years minimum okay Uh, an investigator testified saying that she even threatened to feed him to the pigs at one point like again she would say stuff and it's like i don't know if you're joking or what's happening right now but you hear yourself ma'am yeah so the thing that gets me is that the pigs were still being sold and given away and eaten by the community after they had eaten the human flesh and stuff. And that just kind of grosses me out, even if it's not like direct cannibalism. It's just kind of, I don't know, it freaks me out. No, I don't like that. Um, and from what I read, it seems like the property might've been a little bit of a drug den. A little Mm -hmm. bit of a like safe haven for people that were doing questionable things and so a lot of I don't know how many would have possibly been victim to this because they were all kind of maybe were overdosed you know and she went hey here's your body eat up piggies eat up 
save on some feed. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the story of Susan Monica. It's very picked in esque. I know. I know. I ugh, grossed me out. And as soon as I said the first sentence, I was, or the first paragraph, I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now. Um, but yeah, it gross. It's gross. It's just like picked in, grosses me out. Just the smell of pig shit is all I think about. If you've never then, been on a pig farm, it's just. But then you add in human feces and decay of bodies. Yeah. Gross. Ooh. Gross, gross, gross. That's it, my friends. That's all that's, I got. That's all, folks. The, 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 that's all, folks. Be porky pig about it. That's all, folks. Oh, shit, son. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient with our going missing for a month. Yeah, listen. Dude, I don't know what it is about your microphone, but when you laugh, it like censors you. Oh, it like stops me from laughing. Not allowed. It like it like goes quiet yeah nice doesn't doesn't like your laugh every time you laugh loudly it like goes nope i wonder if it's zoom oh maybe where it picks up that loud noise and it goes hmm let's tone that down a little bit (laughs) it's a little much for me (laughs) um but yeah thanks for listening you know you guys are the best yeah you are the bee's knees and its elbows sorry we suck yeah we're back now we're back to normal ish no guarantees for anything but listen we're gonna do our best we'll do our best i do my best and don't forget to spread the word and spread yourself all over town you big whore well it's a little aggressive but okay you're aggressive (laughs) welcome back you big whore (laughs) thanks for listening bitch (laughs) goodbye bye